Let's look in our Bibles to the book of John, to chapter 16. The book of John in chapter 16. I'd like to read verse 1 through verse 16. And our subject is the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, and we'll have a word of prayer before we read. Our Father, again, we thank you for the day you've given us. We thank you for the time this evening to open your word and read and study the things of our God. We ask you to help us as we look into the scriptures. Again, give us a desire as students of your word to know more and more. Again, we ask your blessings upon each member of our church, especially those that need special care. We ask you to be with them. Again, we just thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the, his words that we'll be reading this evening. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. <clears throat> John chapter 16, verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh, that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God service. These things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. That's an important phrase there, as we'll see later on. But remember that. He said, these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. 
Before we look at some of the things here, I'll mention this, that the biblical doctrine of the Holy Spirit is one of the most ignored and perverted doctrines of the Word of God. You could not name a religion in the world that does not neglect, ignore, disbelieve, or pervert the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. You could not name a denomination in our country that there are not those that ignore, neglect, or pervert the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And that includes many Baptists. Every Arminian Baptist who believes in decisional regeneration and salvation denies the biblical role of the Holy Spirit of God. They are like Camelites who believe there is power in the gospel without the role of the Holy Spirit to save individuals. Those that believe that you can just make a decision and be saved deny the role of the Holy Spirit. They believe they can decide what day they will be saved, when it is, where it is. They can make the decision and that's all that's necessary and they rule out the Holy Spirit of God. Again, it's one of the most, if not the most, perverted teachings in the Word of God, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Our text is going to come from verse 14 of our reading. And I'll read that concerning the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. But before we examine that, I want to mention something of just about the person and the personality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not simply a divine influence or a power. He is one of the three persons of the divine trinity. In the verses that we read, you might just glance back over them, in verse, uh, the, between verse eight, 8 and verse 15, the personal pronoun he is used 11 times. That simply is telling us over and over and over again, this is a person that we are dealing with called he in these, these verses. The Holy Spirit being a person has personal traits. That's something that we need to understand. I hope we already know. You might hold your place in John. I'm going to 1 Corinthians in chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians and in chapter 2, here I read verse 9 through verse 11. And I read this just to point out we're dealing with a person. One that has the traits and characteristics of a person. 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, and I'll begin in verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. 
For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. And we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I'm going to end the reading there. And just notice back in verse 10 about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit searches. Searches. Examines is what the word really means. In verse 11, the Holy Spirit has knowledge, knoweth, understanding. In verse 13, the Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit gives instructions. You might look back to verse 12. That we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. How do we know? The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit teaches us. I'm going to go through several scriptures here concerning this. I'm going first of all to 1 Timothy and in chapter 4. And this just reiterates some things that we just read in 1 Corinthians. But notice in 1 Timothy in chapter 4 and in verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly or plainly, distinctly. It's a person. The Holy Spirit speaketh. Holy Spirit speaketh. Look back to Acts chapter 13. In Acts and in chapter 13. And I'll just read verse 1 and verse 2. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that is called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Mayan which had been brought up with Herod, the tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit spoke. The Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have, have called them. And you're familiar in Revelation and in chapter 2, and it stated... Uh, several times I believe in Revelation and in chapter 2 and in verse 7 he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches yet just another indication of it's a person and he does speak in our text in John chapter 16 and in verse 13 Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Now notice again, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come.
From there I'm going to go to the book of Ephesians and in chapter 4. Ephesians and in chapter 4. Now just read verse 30 here. Instructions to the saints at Ephesus and will be also to us today. Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. That word grieve means sadden, to make sorrowful. Again, indicating that it is a, a person. Look also in 1 Corinthians and in chapter 6. 1 Corinthians and in chapter 6. And this verse tells us that the Holy Spirit not only sanctifies, but plays a role in our justification. Notice verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 6. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Another role of the Holy Spirit. Back in John chapter 16, just mention verse 13 again. The Holy Spirit guides, He speaks, He hears, and He shows or He reveals. That's the role of the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ is telling us of. Now, verse 7 of John chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the Comforter. Again, that's a person. It's not simply that the Holy Spirit comforts, but He is the Comforter. There's many things that can be of a comfort to us. There are inanimate objects that give us comfort. It may be something personal in your home that reminds you of an occasion or of an individual. It just brings you comfort to look up on them. A pet could be a comfort unto you. The Holy Spirit is not simply a, a comfort. He is our comforter. And this word translated comforter carries the meaning of our advocate, uh, intercessor, consoler, or companion, paraclete. Jesus is talking here about him going away and the Comforter coming. Now the Holy Spirit was already in the disciples of the Lord to whom He is speaking, but not in the sense that He would be after Jesus' ascension. Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send the Comforter. The Comforter is going to come. And the role of the Comforter after the ascension of the Lord is different from the role of the Holy Spirit before the ascension of the Lord. Look back to John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, 
verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither know him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And if you look at verse 26. But the comforter which is the Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. There's several things here again. In verse 16 and verse 17. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Think about that, another comforter. While Jesus was here upon the earth, he was the comforter. But he's telling them, I'm going to wait. But I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send another comforter. I believe by that we have a comforter in heaven. We have a comforter with us here upon the earth. But notice what he said here. He said, I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is here called the Spirit of truth. And again in verse 26 the comforter. In verse 18, when he said, I will not leave you comfortless, that word translated comfortless simply means I will not leave you in a state of bereavement. I will not leave you parentless as orphans. Acts chapter 9. I want you to notice about one of the churches after the ascension of the Lord. Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. It says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord. Notice this. And in the comfort of the Holy Spirit were multiplied the comfort of the Holy Spirit John chapter 15 again I want to read verse 26 John in chapter 15 verse 26 but when the comforter is come whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. I just noticed those words. He shall testify of me. One of the greatest works of the Holy Spirit of God is mentioned right here. Jesus said, he shall testify of me. Chapter 16 Verse 13 through verse 15. 
Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. In verse 13. It says, he shall not speak of himself. Many people have been confused about that, that statement and I think have missed the boat on their teaching on that. The meaning is not that the Holy Spirit never says anything about himself. If that were true, how would we know anything? The meaning is what he does speak does not originate with him. Verse 13 says, what he hears, that's what he speaks. And what he speaks does not originate with him. But again in John chapter 15, verse 26, he shall testify of me. He shall bear witness of me. Again in John chapter 16, verse 14 and 15, I keep going back to these because this is important. Note the Holy Spirit deals with the things of Christ. That's what he deals with. He deals with the things of Christ. And he, he shows them unto us. That word show that is translated here means to announce in detail. It means to declare. It means to rehearse them with us. To report them to us. In 1 Corinthians and in chapter 2 again. In 1 Corinthians and in chapter 2. Reading verse 7 through verse 10. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for, for them that love us. But God hath revealed them unto us, how? By his Spirit. We don't, didn't receive direct revelation and illumination. God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. And I like this last phrase. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. There's just no knowledge, biblical knowledge, apart from the Spirit of God. I try to never open my Bible in study or in preaching or teaching without asking for God's help. One of the words of a hymn, all in vain without the Spirit. The Spirit is the one that does teach us. Now look back to John chapter 16 again. 
Now, I'm not going to read the verses again, but I want you to notice the last words of John 16, verse 13, 14, and 15. To me, what is so great about what is stated here, every child of God can read these words and take them personally. The last part of verse 13, He will show you He will show you. Last part of verse 14. And shall show it unto you. Every child of God can read that and take it personally. Verse 15. And shall show it unto you. Every true believer can read that and take it personally. From a babe in Christ to the most mature Christian that there is. They can all alike. Read this, and it's personal from the strongest to the weakest Christian, from those that might be like Peter and John we looked at recently, ignorant and unlearned men, from those even to Saul of Tarsus, the most educated. It is, to me, one of the greatest statements that I find that I can take these things personally. Verse 14 again in John 16. The Holy Spirit takes the things of Christ and shows them unto us. I just want you to note what it says there. And to me it's very, very clear. He shall receive of mine and show it unto you. The Holy Spirit does not deal with the so-called science of this world. He does not deal with the philosophy of this world. He does not deal with the politics of this world. He does not speak to us in humorous words trying to entertain us. The Holy Spirit does not play upon people's emotions as you see so much today. The Holy Spirit deals with the things of Christ. That's what he deals with. That Just that phrase, it would certainly include the words of Christ, but there's just so much more. The things of Christ, the very person of Christ, the eternal Son of God, but yet the Son of Mary, divine nature and human nature. It would include the offices of Christ, prophet, priest, and king. It would have to include that he is the Lamb of God, God's sacrifice for sin. The Holy Spirit takes these things of Christ and shows it unto us, and the the list there could just go on and on. But looking at John 16, verse 14 and verse 15, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Jesus said, he shall glorify me. How does he do that? How does the Holy Spirit of God glorify Jesus Christ? That's his work. But how does he do it? 
The answer is very simple by showing us the things of Christ. It's just summed up there. It's just summed up. And it is strange, it is to me, that Jesus is glorified by him being shown or revealed unto us by the Spirit. And I might emphasize the word us, me and you. The Holy Spirit shows us, reveals unto us, as unworthy we are, each of us could examine ourselves and say, how could it be that Jesus Christ is glorified when the Holy Spirit reveals Christ unto me? This glorification mentioned in verse 14 by this work of the Holy Spirit, the glorification is not in elaborate rites and rituals, ceremonies of, of religion. It's simply by the Holy Spirit taking the things of Jesus Christ and showing them unto us. I'm going to mention this before I close. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. But how does He comfort us? How does He do it? How does he do it? How does he comfort us in times of trouble, despair, sorrow, heartaches, disappointments, and whatever else you might want to add to that? How does the Holy Spirit carry out his role as a comforter for us? Again, the answer is very simple. He takes the things of Christ and shows them unto us. You can have trouble in your life, whatever type it might be. You can be sitting at home and the Holy Spirit just reminds you of the things of Christ. And it brings you comfort. It brings you help. I think that's one of the reasons it's important for those in trouble having trouble to be in church services to hear the word of God a great mistake I see many church members make when there's trouble whatever kind it may be a death in the family or any kind of trouble they so often just miss church when church is where they ought to be that's where they ought to be I'm going to read John 16, verse 13 and 15, and just close with that reading. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine. And shall show it unto you. Let's stop there and let's stand for a word of prayer. Again our Father we thank you for the day. And we thank you for the great privilege that we have of just worshiping you we pray that you'll help us to give thought to these words of Jesus Christ concerning the Holy Spirit 
May just the words that we have read and studied this evening be of great comfort to your people. We're thankful that we are not left in this world as orphans all alone, but we do have another comforter, and we're thankful for that. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.